Welcome to the Soul Space Podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining the Soul Space Podcast again. I, I don't really know how it's possible for us to get the kind of guests we managed to get on the podcast. Uh, I mean, it's a little tiny thing, small web development agency. It's not a big deal, but um, occasionally I get really cool people on here. So today, um, my guest is uh, Tuma Paye from Mailey Search. Tuma, you're the co-founder and chief operating officer at Mailey Search. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Okay. And also on the on, on the podcast is David Estrada from the Soul Space team. Uh, I asked David to join because he introduced uh, Soul Space to Mailey Search as a possible solution, in particular on one client we just deployed it for. And David did uh, virtually all the work on that project as well as some of the other uh, uses that we've put it to. So I thought this would be a good group to have a conversation about Mailey Search. Uh, so, Tuma, can I ask you to just introduce for someone who's never heard of Mailey Search, has no idea what it is? Can you talk a little bit about the very basic fundamentals of what this tool is? Uh, yes, of course. Um, Mailey Search is an open source search API. Um, that means that uh, we are a tool uh, for developers to use uh, to implement a great search experience on their own website, on their application. Um, yeah, so we are providing the best, trying to provide the best uh, developer experience when it comes to implementing a search bar. Um, so we are used today to use Google, Amazon, and they do provide a great search experience, but on on a lot of different websites or applications, it's less than good and it's often difficult to use because you have to adapt to the to the search bar. You have to really understand how that works if you want to find the things you are looking for. And so we are building the technology uh, behind the search bar to make it uh, as relevant and as fast as possible. Um, and so developers just have to use our code uh, to make a great search experience on their own app. Okay. You're making me want to ask about the history of this type of search capability on websites. Um, so maybe backing up uh, a decade or two, um, of course, the, the types of work, uh, websites that SoulSpace works on, we're, we're always doing CMS work. So there's a content management system underlying the website. And uh, in almost all cases, that CMS will have a native search capability built in. So you can have a search field, you know, put your keywords in, hit submit. It goes and hits the database for that CMS and returns results through a templating system that's owned by the CMS. That's old school. Now we're moving into a more of a headless uh, um, orientation these days with how these websites are built in the first place. But the search aspect of all this, you, you know, you have that capability. But then back in olden times, you could also use the Google search appliance to bring search to bear on a given website where the idea was you just want to search that website content, just that website. You don't want to go anywhere else, just that specific website's content. So maybe we can talk about sort of the progression of search uh, in web development from there. And I wonder if you could speak about that. I think search is like one of the, the first feature or tool you would need when, when you manage uh, data. Um, so when it comes to content management system, you 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 need a, a search system at some point. 
um, and search has always been existing. Uh, search engine, it's not something new. Um, Google has been very good at popularizing what is a search engine today, but um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been existing for as long as the, the computers exist. Um, yeah. and, and I think that, um, yeah, today there are a lot of search implementation that already works. And usually it, it uses like the, the database that you already have. They, they, they do provide, um, basic search feature. Um, so they do manage to, uh, find the documents or the content you are looking for based on the query that you made. Um, but it's a whole job on its own to adapt and have a search experience that is, um, intuitive that gives the right document you are looking for, because depending on the context, depending on the type of document you are searching in, depending on, um, the end user, uh, on the, on the search bar, uh, all of that makes that all search bars, uh, have different needs and you might have different expectation from uh, depending on, on where you are and what you're searching for. And so, yeah, today if you're building a, any websites, you, you would use like, basically you, you would use like a like function on, on your SQL uh, database. Uh, so that, that would try to find the document that contains the query that you just wrote. Um, but it takes some time because your database is not made for that kind of uh, queries. Um, so it has to uh, understand um, what you're looking for, um, what are the, the mistakes you could have made in the queries and stuff. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's difficult. And so I, I think 10 or 20 years ago, um, th there is a, a very popular open source project creating, created was, it, it was Lucene. Uh, it is Lucene actually. It, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember um, that now. And yeah. I think it's one of the default option when it comes to build a search, uh, feature in, in any app today. Um, uh, Lucene is not that easy to use for developers today. Um, fr from there, I, Elasticsearch was created 10, 10 years ago now, maybe 15 years ago. It's based on Lucene and it provides a better developer experience, I would say. It's a, there, there is an API, it scales, so there is a lot of features on top of Lucene. Um, and now Elasticsearch is completely like the default option, the, 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 the default tool that a developer would use um, to, to build to build a search bar within the app. Um, yeah. And, and Elastic is made for a lot of different use cases. And I think today, one of their main use cases is not to search from an app, uh, like what we can imagine as, as end users today, but um, you can use Elastic to search in logs uh, to make complex queries in uh, data analytics. So imagine that you have a whole data set of a population of a country and you want to know the average age of all the people called David. Uh, this is something you could do with Elastic. Um, and so today with Medisearch, we are trying to focus on a, 
on a subset of what you can do with Elastic. We are trying to do like front-end search. So the, the search that we are all used to, um, to have on any app. And we are trying to make it as intuitive as possible. Um, so there are a few, uh, algorithms that we use, um, to make it intuitive. So we, we do manage, um, typo tolerance. So we make sure that, yeah, if you make a mistake in, in the words that you type, we, we, we can find the right documents. Uh, we manage the prefix search. So we know that if you begin to type something, we can already start to search for something and, 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 and get it back to you. Um, so the, we, we are actually using today's technology, um, to, to build the search that we are used to on Google and provide it to, to any developer. Um, so it's evolving and there is still a, a lot much more that we can do today. Um, if you are searching for something on Google and I'm searching for the same keywords, we might not have the same results because, um, Google is taking into account your search history, your context, um, actually all your metadata that you have on, on your Google account. Um, and this is something that we should be able to provide to any kind of app. Um, something uh, when someone is searching for golf, depending on the context, you might want to return results about the car, the golf by Volkswagen or the sports. And, um, and yeah, th this is all the, all the improvement we can continue to build, uh, in, in search today. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. I, have you ever used the, the search on Twitter? I think it's bad. It's al always difficult to, <laughs> yeah. to find the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the tweets or the, 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 the person you, you want to follow. And it's, it's because it's actually very difficult. Uh, to index all, all those tweets, uh, in, in real time, uh, to, yeah, to understand what the user is searching for. Is it, is it a name? Is it a tweet? Is it the, 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 the content of a, a particular link? Um, and so th this is what we aim to build at Melisearch is like, um, an API that would be, that, that would, uh, empower developers um, to build a great search experience easily and, and fast. So out of the box, we, we do manage a lot of different stuff, but then we, we make sure that we provide a lot of different rules um, that you can fine-tune um, the, the search and, and the, the features because depending on, um, on the app that you're building, and the developer knows the, the, the business, um, the, um, how can I say? Yeah. The, the use case that he wants to build a search for. So you, you need to, to fine tune it. And, uh, and yeah, this is the, the compromise that we have to find that many searches making most of the things working out of the box, but still give, um, control over what's really happening under the hood without making it too complex and difficult. Yeah, you're always going to be fighting with that. Uh, that I mean, that that balance is always uh, a problem that we're going to hand over to you. And um, the, see, the great thing about your approach, though, is you're so firmly rooted in the open source approach to um, to software development, to product development, and to even running a company and having a revenue model. 
So I was, you know, I was reading about some of your reading some of your blog posts and getting caught up on that and how what a commitment you've made to that. So because you are taking an open source approach, has that um, has that you know uh, has that borne fruit for you to get the kind of feedback you need from the developer community so that they can help guide you where they need you to go? Is that is that one of the strengths? Can you maybe talk about that a little bit? Yeah, um, when we when we started code Melisearch, uh, we made it open source by default because we are developers and we didn't think about it. Uh, that just made sense. Um, <laughs> and and later later on, we realized that this is actually a different way of 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 doing business, and that yeah, open source is like a big way of getting. Um, users' attention and feedback very early on. So, so, so while the code was open source from the beginning, it took us a year to have a proper open source project with a good documentation, uh, with an API that is uh, usable. <laughs> um, and and from there, it's it's only been um, we 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 we. So when, when, I'm sorry. When we started Melisearch, we 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 were working as software developers for an e-commerce company, and we were working on on this search uh, problem. Uh, and building Melisearch for us was a an, a no-brainer between the offering that you could have with Elastic or Algolia. Um, and coming from there and understanding the the pain as developer to implement. A, a good search bar. Um, we, I, I think we, we find it quite easily the, yeah, the, the exact pain point, uh, that we had as developers. And we were not the only one to have that kind of pain points. And, and we built it for ourselves first. And then we just had, had to think about, uh, uh, how to make it, how to adapt it to more use cases in the end. So it was about documenting the code, uh, having a, an intuitive behavior when it comes to uh, interacting with an API. And very early, because all of that was on GitHub. So, so, so GitHub is this platform for developers, um, and this big social network for developers where you can see the code of others and comment and contribute. Um, very early, even if we didn't communicate that much about it, people who were following us saw that we were building uh, maybe such. Um, and they were trying it because it's free. Um, we, we, we made sure that you could try maybe search in less than five minutes. And that's what actually happens. Um, developers were they, they were ready to invest five minutes to try a new sort of solution. This is what happened to us. That's exactly what happened with us. Uh, I mean, David showed me, uh, why don't you try this? And I thought, uh, I don't, I'm not, I have to make time for that. And he said, oh, just, just go fire it up on your own local machine. And, and he's totally right. In just a matter of moments, I had an instance of Mailer search running on my local machine. A few more minutes, I was hitting it with an API. Few more minutes, I was pushing uh, into the index, creating documents. So that's a big selling point. I mean, you already know that, but I can definitely confirm as a developer who's trying to 
encourage clients to adopt this as a, as a, um, as a solution on their site. That's the key is getting that that ease, like cutting the friction and letting us get in there really quickly and understand and validate it. I'm I'm so glad that <laughs> that you you had this experience. Um, we we quickly realized that explaining what a search API is can be complicated. Explaining the features, how it differentiates from Elastic or from Algolia. Um, on paper, uh, using the features, it's something, yeah, very complicated to write about and, and make sure people understand. So the, um, yeah, the, the bet was really to, uh, get many search running and up to speed with your own data as fast as possible. Um, so very early on, we also, um, so we, we, we have this, uh, open source repository with the core projects, so many search. Uh, but we have all those integrations in different languages for different frameworks, uh, so that any developer can use in his own tool set, uh, if I can say so, uh, to, to try many search, yeah. yeah, as yeah, exactly. with, yeah, with what is used to work with. Uh, so this, it, it was an investment at, at the beginning, but today's, uh, it really pays because, um, it's it just, Thinking about implementing um, a search bar and you have those different options, I think MeliSearch is the easiest one to get to start with. Um, and from there, the, we, we've made the most difficult part of the job and the second would be to keep you. But yeah, again, if, if you tried it and, and you're happy with the result, happy with the relevancy and the speed, this is already a huge win for us. David, when you tried it, how did you first get started? I mean, I got started because you sent me some notes about like shortcuts on how to really get going with it quickly. But you were sort of the person who broke ground using Melee Search at Soul Space. What did you do? Yeah, uh, at a time, like a couple of years ago, I was uh, mainly uh, using uh, Algolia to do a bunch of integrations. Then uh, I come from Laravel, so PHP Laravel background. So I noticed that they, they started integrating that into Elo, Eloquent, which is the ORM in Laravel. So that's how I find out about MailySearch. <laughs> Interesting. And then I started like, okay, this looks really awesome. It's on par with Algolia in so many features. It provides the SDKs that I need in order to build things quickly, like you were saying. And then from there, I went into testing things here and there, just like Mitchell described, like installing it in your machine was a big thing and the ability to start like sending documents to indexes here and there, start testing and seeing what the capabilities of this new thing that I found were. And then I started to preach that in the company <laughs> and yeah. trying to convince Mitchell to, uh, we should start offering this uh, solution to this client that we had. Because we tried uh, for Tom to, to try to get uh, uh, some, some stuff from Algolia, but it was difficult for them to do this. So we started exploring this into, and tried to go into the Mainly, we also I also checked uh, your competitors, which is t type type sense. 
But interesting enough, like you were mentioning the documentation, and that was key for me because I was the one that had to develop this thing. <laughs> so I needed to have really good documentation, or we, we needed to have really good documentation in order to, to make this project successful. And that's why I really love about MeliSearch that they provide, or you guys provided us with really good documentation. So really good ways to go from point A to point B in no time. So there are some factors in the sales process, uh, Tomah, that's probably uh, you know useful for you to get more feedback on. I'm sure, you're, I'm sure you hear this kind of thing, but a little bit more is useful. You know, we we knew that we had a client who had a large data set, and they had a they had the faceted search problem as opposed to the keyword search problem. And I'm going to reserve a lot of that for the second episode we're going to have with you. But uh, the the ability to have a you know a, a long array of checkboxes of a bunch of different facets of the data to allow their users to uh, sort of filter and navigate and explore and and browse the data set was was critical. And that sort of screamed out for, at the time, Algolia. Uh, so we, um, you know, we managed to engage their sales team and talk to them about the problem. And the challenge is we, we could not get a clear picture on cost. We couldn't pin them down. Like we, we couldn't get uh, clear numbers on how much this was going to cost my client every month until we ripped it out and replaced it with something else. So we're going to spend a bunch of money to rebuild search on their site on Algolia, but we didn't know how much it was going to cost if it was going to be too expensive. So along came uh, Mailey Search, which offered um, the same set of solutions we needed, but because it was open source and we could run our own server version of it, the cost was completely predictable. Um, with you know within range, like is are we going to need to upgrade the server and get some more horsepower? Like you know we'll see, but we'll take the risk. So that was a really big factor for us to be able to predict the cost. And I wonder maybe you could talk a little bit about that as as part of, um, and we haven't even gotten into the question of the cloud offering, uh, the subscription cloud offering that you're in the process of rolling out. So maybe we could get into this a little bit. It's pretty important. So we've been working for this open source project for two years and a half now. Um, and now comes the, um, the problematic of how to make it sustainable. And from the beginning, we knew that uh, offering many search as a service could be an option. There are many ways to monetize on top of open source. Uh, but we decided that um, hosting many search, um, offering many search as a service would be like the the first option we wanted to try uh, for, for two main reasons. The, the, the first one being that um, developers and users of many search were asking us uh, for an hosted version. Uh, and the second one is it's easier for us as a young company to build a product than to go and sell MediSearch um, to bigger enterprises, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. So, sure. yeah, so we decided to take the, the, the cloud route. Um, and, and, and this is what we've been building for, for the past eight or 10 months. So it's, it's mainly search uh, that we are hosting. We do the update, we do the upgrade, we make sure that you don't have to think uh, whether if it's up or not, and we do manage all of that for you. Um, 
today we've been onboarding a few companies already. So we, we might have up to 50 or 60 companies already uh, using the MeliSearch Cloud. It's a closed beta for now. We, we, we Actually, we plan to um, to make it uh, generally available in a few weeks. So it's it's a matter of, of days. Um, our thinking... That's great. Those are good numbers too. <laughs> um, our thinking be behind MediSearch Cloud is to... We, we want to uh, address um, business usage of MediSearch. Uh, if, if you're a developer and, and you want to build... Uh, anything with, with many search, any features should be in the open source. Um, if you are a business and you are making money, then maybe we can, we can get some value out of it. And so we are building the clouds with businesses in mind. Whereas when we are building many search, we are trying to make the life of developers easier. Um, and this is how we will differentiate the, the cloud from the open source. And today we, we don't have any special features on, on the cloud, except that we, we can manage the updates. Uh, you, you don't have to think about um, hosting and the size of your machine. This is all the thing that we manage. Um, so you scale, I don't exactly. have to worry about scale. Um, but we, okay. we still have a lot of, of, of questions around the pricing. To, today we know that a lot of People are using Algolia, are not happy with the way they manage the pricing. Um, yeah, uh, for right. many different things, it's, it's changing regularly. Uh, it's based on, on, on usage, um, but they are updating it. And I think they are doing it maybe a bit better than they used to. Um, and so on, on our side, we, we, we we don't have any conviction yet. We we know that uh, people needs to know how much they will pay by the end of the month. Uh, uh, that that's yeah. that's the yeah. first thing. But from there, um, um, maybe there will be you know different pricing, different um, based on different usage um, use cases. Um, today, Algolia's pricing really works when it comes to e-commerce uh, because there are. It's, it's easy to prove that you have return on a, a big return on investment when you are making better search, uh, giving better results. Um, and so it's easy for them to sell to big e-commerce companies. And this is also the reason I, I believe they are building a lot of, um, e-commerce specific features. Um, today, uh, people using MediSearch, they come from, they, they have an e-commerce website, they have content website. Um, maybe it's a B2B app, a SaaS, um, the, the pricing based on the number of document or the number of searches does not make sense when the search is not centric to, to your app. Um, exactly. That's exactly right. Um, and this right. is something we, so, so today the, the pricing that we have for our, uh, onboarded users, uh, is just that we, um, we manage up to a certain amount of documents just to make sure that we, 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 we are not able to scale indefinitely so far. So, so we, we manage up to uh, a certain millions of documents. Um, but it's all included, you know, um, and, and we just, if you want to update, uh, your search version, you have to click on a button. Uh, because today we still ha we still might have some breaking changes, which won't be won't be the case at the beginning of 
2023. So there will be automatic updates. Uh, and yeah, and we, we, we monitor all the servers and be, because we developed MediSearch and we know the technology uh, behind it, we are able to optimize uh, for the, um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're in a position to optimize this, things like indexing in a way that, you know, someone like me uh, couldn't. I mean, I can't get into that. Uh, that's just not a, a coding language I, can, mm -hmm. I, I work in. Yeah. So w with the cloud offering, one question I have, you're, you're reminding me of um, other types of cloud offerings. You know, like uh, people use Cloudflare pretty mm -hmm. widely. We do. Um, I talked to them on the podcast a couple of years ago. Is it possible for the Melee Search cloud offering to have a concept of replication? I mean, first of all, it's already incredibly fast. We'll get into the speed in the second episode. That is just ridiculous. It's people think it's fake. When I when I show clients a Melee Search instance, they think I put it put a fake demo together. But aside from that, is is there going to be some concept of replication so that if someone is um, hitting a website, hitting Melee Search on a website from Japan versus from Latin America versus from wherever, is it possible to have instances that are closer to that user, you know, in nodes or clusters yeah. or what have you? Um, th this is the, the big subject for 2023. Um, the, the, uh -huh. And we, we, we might use Cloudflare in the end to, to make that kind of thing. Um, I, I think we will be able to um, to split in search the indexing from the search uh, part. And that would allow us to index from somewhere and have and and have mul multiple search instances um, all around the world um, and and deploy them like this. Uh, Maybe search is built in, in in Rust, and I, I won't go into a lot of details, but it's a very modern stack that allows us to build on the Cloudflare's workers. Uh, at some point. Oh, cool. <laughs> I was about to ask. <laughs> um, so this is, <laughs> what, awesome. this is what we have in mind. Um, we, we, we've made some proof of concept of having search running on the Cloudflare workers. So the Cloudflare workers are the little machine that runs on the CDN. Um, and, and the CDN yeah. is like the, the content delivery network. So it's all of those servers of the internet that are very close to our homes. Uh, and a lot of things are replicated in the CDN at many different locations. Um, and, and Cloudflare is offering to use those machines to have some compute power now. Um, and, and we, we made a proof of concept of having many search, the, the search, not the indexing, the search running, uh, in those, uh, workers, uh, and that works actually. Uh, so we, 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 yeah, we, we, we want to have something like this, um, in next year, in the coming years. Yeah, that's great. Now it's a selling point, but honestly, mm -hmm. in practice, it's probably the difference of fractions, fractions of seconds, mm -hmm. um, based on what I've seen with just the the underlying performance of Melee Search itself. Like to to really be able to detect mm -hmm. the speed change. Uh, I mean, I guess at enterprise level with millions of documents in an index, it may become something that matters. But anyway, <laughs> you got me curious about that, so I thought I would ask. Um, there's how about yeah. if I ask you one more question, and then we call call this an episode, and then we'll get back into a second episode where we talk in more depth about specific use cases for how 
people in your open source community as well as my own team and people we know are using Melee Search and get into some of the, the different possibilities sure. for it. Um, why is it called Melee Search? Melee is the god of forgetfulness in the northern mythology. And yeah, <laughs> we, when we were, because we, we thought about how to name our search engine, um, <laughs> and uh, we really liked uh, Discord, you know, the tool to have discussion for video games and community. Yeah, we really liked the, yeah. the idea of solving Discord with Discord. Uh, and yeah, we, we like to, <laughs> we, we wanted the same. So maybe search is, is trying to solve forgetfulness with, with the search engine. My, my oldest daughter's middle name is Meili. And it's not because oh, of any, okay. any gods that you mentioned. It's because in, she was born in Hawaii. And in Hawaii, there's a, a special plant, a leaf, uh, you know, of, of a special bush mm-hmm. that they make, um, they make the lays and the sort of headdresses out of. Uh, and it's, mm-hmm. um, it's, I think it's pronounced Miley, but, you know, we, we switched it. That's the only reason I've adopted your product is because you named it after my kid. So you failed on that answer, but it's okay. I'll forgive you. Tomas, <laughs> uh, uh, thank you for joining on this episode. Um, I'm asking the listeners to stay tuned. In another couple of weeks, we're going to put the second episode up where we're going to talk about use cases and how we can deploy this for different types of clients and different types of websites. Uh, but this has been great. Uh, it, uh, I just, I'm still thrilled that I'm talking to one of the co-founders of such a great uh, project and product. Uh, you'll probably never talk to me again because you're going to get so huge. But I really appreciate you joining. Thank you. Thank you very much, Michelle. Thank you, David. You've been listening to the Soul Space Podcast. <laughs>